0: Your crap podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have such an incredible guest with us today. For those of you of you who are doing the inner circle, she is one of the speakers, trainers with me, and we're actually part of a mastermind together, and she is incredible. So I knew that I had to bring her on, bring her, bring you guys some major value around selling. She is a sales. Coach, this is her expertise, this is her wheelhouse. And I know so many of you have some eh, feelings about selling. So I'm so excited to dig into the conversation. But before we do, just so you know a little bit more about who she is, she is the CEO of Sales Maven. Her name is Nikki Rausch. She has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. She has 25 years of experience selling to prestigious organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, NASA. NASA. Nikki shattered sales records and received top producer awards along the way. She learned in the field and now gets to teach all of the things that she learned along the way. So today, entrepreneurs and small business owners hire her to show them how to sell successfully and most importantly, authentically. She shares the secrets of her sales success through keynote speeches, business changing workshops. She has a robust sales maven society. And that is something that you guys can all be a part of to learn and to grow with her. And she has also written three books, which are all available on Amazon. And she has a podcast called Sales Maven. So you guys get out your notebooks. We had the most incredible conversation. If selling is something you feel kind of skeezy around, you're still uncomfortable with it. You're not very confident. She is going to help you walk through a process that makes it so natural and so organic. And so just, it's such a breath of fresh air. So get out your notepads and let's dig in.
1: All right, Nikki, I am so pumped to have you here.
0: Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am also very excited to be here. Uh, little background, you guys. Nikki is a part of a mastermind that I'm doing. And she actually taught us at this retreat that we were at. And when she presented this sales presentation, like coaching, I was like, holy crap, everybody needs this in their life. And at the retreat I'm like, "Will you please be on my show? I want to I want my audience to learn this stuff and to know it." So, Nikki, thank you, thank you, thank you beforehand just for taking time out and for for serving our listeners. I know that they're going to just be blown away by what you have to share.
2: Well, I'm excited to share and anything I can do that would be of value would offer somebody some insight, that's what I'm here for.
0: You're amazing. So, let's just dig in. How did you most people that I come across are super weird about sales. Mm -hmm. You are like, give it to me. Like, let me teach you, let me help you love it. Like you have such a unique gift. How did you, how did you land in this
2: situation? Well, okay. So I grew up in a family business where, you know, I worked the cash register. So there was that little piece of that, but then I will say that my first like job when i i first got married i moved to washington state i didn't know anybody there i'd never been there it was this crazy thing and um my first like job is i got this job at the mall and it was during the holidays and they had a commission structure it was one of those like um kiosks that they put up at the mall oh yeah and so i was selling leather goods like purses and bags and wallets and blah 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 well anyway they had this commission structure and this was back when, I mean, minimum wage was like 425 an hour or something like that. And I was doubling and tripling my hourly wage every single time I would work. And the owners of the company were like, what is going on with this girl? Because I just love the idea of commission sales. Yeah. And so then I ended up getting a professional job as a, you know, professional sales rep. And that was like the industry. I was in uh, selling technology. I was in the tech field for. 17 years. And when I got into the tech field, I went to work for this company and the industry that I was in was very male dominated. Mm -hmm. And I actually am shy by nature (laughs) and I am all about relationships and I love conversation and all of that, but being like aggressive, you know, going to work in this male dominated industry with these really aggressive male sales, sales guys, I was pretty intimidated and I needed to figure out like my approach, my way. And so I just, I had to like continue to work on, okay, so what are my gifts? Well, my gifts are building relationship. My gifts are really caring about the person I'm in conversation with and wanting to be of service. You know, I have that servant's heart kind of mentality and I learned how to hone those skills selling, you know, really high-end, you know, multi-million dollar deals. I learned how to hone that relationship selling skills. And then I also have a background in neurolinguistic programming. And if that's a new term to anybody who's listening, it's essentially the study of communication. It sounds super techie, but um, I'm a master practitioner of it. And I bring now into my work what I do at Sales Maven is I bring my NLP background with my sales background. And I really teach people how to have strategic sales conversations that aren't about being pushy. They're not about chasing people. It's not about forcing people or trying to convince people or change their mind. It's about understanding, does this person have a problem, a need or a want, and do I have a solution for them?
0: I love it so much. You hit on a few things. One, you're shy. I feel like this is such a common misconception. I can't sell anything. I'm introverted. I'm shy. I'm this, and it's like, stop it right now. So you already debunked that. Um, Number two. You were so authentic in doing it your way. This is beautiful. I talk about this a lot and really, really, really being hyper aware of the energy around your actions, how you feel. Does it align with your values? Does it feel right? And then not being afraid to be like, no, it doesn't. So I'm going to do it different. I'm going to get outside the box. I'm not going to do it the way that all of these maybe strong personality men are doing things. I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to
2: freaking slay like, and that's what you've done. That's so cool. Thank you. I truly believe anybody can learn to sell. I truly believe that. And I, and I even say this, I say this all the time on my work. I'm never going to teach you how to sell like me because my style works for me, but your style works for you. Let's teach you how to be strategic in your style so that you can show up. You feel really good. You feel confident about who you are and what you're doing. And you understand what's going on in the conversation and where, you know, where am I missing a step or where can I issue an invitation and make it so easy for the other person to be in conversation with you that the, the sales piece of it becomes simple. It becomes easy for you and easy for the buyer.
0: Yeah. And you have such a beautiful way of teaching this. And I want to make sure we have plenty of time to go into your framework because it's genius, but I think one of the things that, um, is a big block for so many people at the beginning is like you equate salespeople to like uh, used car salesmen and, mm-hmm. and, and these negative experiences that you've had of people being pushy and, and weird and making you feel uncomfortable when you come from a place of just like you mentioned, do they have a problem? And do I have the solution? How can I serve them today? it will never feel sleazy. It will never feel awkward. It will never feel pushy ever. So it's just like understanding that coming from a place of what's in it for them, how can I serve them? How can I be a value that alone will just help get rid of that fear of like coming off as
2: that bad situation because we've all had those right oh my gosh yeah we've all been on the receiving end which is why kind of sales gets a bad name right totally a few bad sales people that are you know being inauthentic in a conversation and you start to go well everybody's like this right yeah. like our brains love to make yes. associations so it's easier to say oh well this is what sales is like but you know the the reframe to that is sales actually isn't something you do to somebody it's something you do with Oh, I and when love you start that. showing up as with in conversation, I'm not talking at you. This is a conversation we're talking with each other. Then yes. everything shifts and it gets, it just gets simpler and it gets more like, Hey, I'm a person. You're a person. I'm going to treat you like a person. I want to be treated like a person. And we're just going to have a great conversation. And if it makes sense for us to do business together, awesome. And if it doesn't, then bless and release, and I'm going to wish you well and hope that your life continues to thrive and that I hope that you would feel the same about me. And that's it. I love that so much. That,
0: that attach or that, what is the word? Unattach or unattachment to the outcome Yeah, is also crucial. Yes. Like no matter if you say yes or no, or this is right, or it's not, no hard feelings. I wish you well, I wish you the best. I'm so glad we have this conversation. I feel like when you get so attached to, I need them to say, yes, I need them to get this. I need them for this, whatever. Then it gets really, really sleazy. And like, just that's where the negativity kind of comes from a lot of the time.
2: Yeah. If you, yeah. If you show up from a place of desperation or trying to change somebody's mind or convince them they have a problem, you know, it's the. Like I get a little, I'll get on my soapbox a little bit about this, but you know, there's, there's this approach. A lot of times people do this thing where they're like, focus on their pain points. And I get the concept behind pain points, but showing up and, you know, giving somebody 30 paper cuts and then going, bless oh your gosh. heart, you're bleeding. Yes. Of course, person's going to be like, yeah, I'm bleeding. Cause you cut me <laughs> like that feels horrible. <laughs> so we don't need to sell like that. A good Instead visual. you show up and it's like, Hey, how are you? What's going on? Is there, is there some way I can be a resource to you? It's, it's learning how to like initiate some conversation, create some curiosity, allow for conversation to happen. And then the sales piece, like I said, it, it becomes more natural. You still need to be strategic. You need to know where you're going and how to get to the end, but Instead of trying to show up and be like, you need a buy from me because if you don't, your life is going to fall apart. Like we're too savvy nowadays as exactly. people were like, mm, no, <laughs> I don't think so.
0: It's so true. I love that too. And the paper cut, that's like perfect visual this is wrong
2: with you. And this is wrong
0: with you. And I know you need this. And and now why don't you buy my product? It's like, get the F away from me. no, like exactly. that is what I would say to someone. So, oh, you just, and the way that you talk about it, like talking with them and you just have set, it's so natural. It's so natural. And it, when, when I know that when you were going through the presentation at the retreat, I'm like, this is so like, duh, this is like, this just makes sense. Like this is, yeah. Why does everybody not know this? And why is this not common practice? This is not common practice. So let's dig into the nitty gritty beats of your framework. Let's, okay. let's walk them through the process.
2: So I teach a five-step process to a sales conversation. I call it the selling staircase because the idea is that your job is to move a client from step to step to step. One of the biggest mistakes that people make in a sales conversation is they try to skip steps. They meet somebody and they go right in for the sale. Well, that's you going from step one to step five. Imagine now you can probably do this because I know how fit you are, but imagine some like putting somebody in front of a staircase, putting five steps in front of them and saying, Hey, from a standing position, hop up to that fifth step. They probably look at you and go like, no lady, I'm going to bang my shins. You know, I'm probably going to trip over the steps if I try to like hop up five steps. Yeah, You can't do that in a sales conversation. You need to go from step to step to step. You as the seller have to follow this framework. If you don't, you often leave people feeling uneasy, kind of like this feels weird. I don't know what to do. And why is this person selling to me? The only, the only exception to this rule is if somebody shows up in a conversation with you and they're on step three, you don't take them back to step one. You start from step three and you move on. So these are the steps, step one introduction. And the idea behind step one is to make a powerful first impression. Now this step can happen on your social media channels that you're making a first impression. It can happen on your website. It can happen when you show up at a a meeting or you show up at a, you know, function and there are people there and they're. You know, it could be the person standing behind you in line at the grocery store or the coffee shop. doesn't matter. But the idea is, are you making a powerful first impression? And there are ways to do that. I can go as deep as you want into any of these steps, but I'm just going to go through them. Okay. So that's step one, introduction. Step two, this by the way is the most misstep, is create curiosity. Most people don't even think about, do I know how to create curiosity in a conversation? But curiosity is what, It, what it's what lights the conversation on fire. It allows for back and forth to happen. So your job is to create curiosity or at least attempt to, so that the other person is like, tell me more. I have a question. Let's have a conversation about this. Right? So you got to create curiosity. Again, I'll go into this if you want me to step three. Then once you create curiosity, the next logical step, oftentimes, if this person is showing interest is to invite them into uh, like a discovery call, a consultation call. Now that can happen all in the same conversation. You can go through all five steps in the same conversation, but when you're in the discovery step, this the idea here is to not sell. And this is where people start to like really fall apart because they think, oh, I gotta sell this person. I ask them a question, they answer it, and I sell them a solution. I yeah. ask another question, they answer it, I sell them another solution. Nope, no selling yet. <laughs> we're in step three discovery. The idea is to ask strategic questions that lead the person to want to know more from you and to understand by asking questions, you're finding out what truly is the problem. What's the need? What's the want, you know, or do they have one? And if not again, back to what I said earlier, bless and release. It's okay to move on if they're not a good fit, but the idea is to understand, okay, they have a problem. They have a need. Okay. So I've got the information that I need in the discovery to now invite them to step four in the conversation, which is proposal. Now this, for some people, depending on what you sell, it could mean an actual formal proposal, but oftentimes it's still just laying out your offer. This is where Mm -hmm. you start to sell. This is where you talk about Beachbody or you talk about whatever it is that you offer and how it meets their need, their problem, their want, okay? And then step five in the conversation of the selling staircase is the close. Step four and five go really closely together. Step five is the second most misstep. Most people get to four, they get to that proposal, and then they forget yeah. to close. And close is issuing a, a close language question um and it's usually a yes or no question and it can be there's a lot of different ways you can frame it but essentially it's saying to this person are you ready to buy yes or no but you're going to say it nicer than that you're going to say <laughs> you know here's my proposal or here's the ways that we could work together is that something you'd be interested in that's an example of a closed question I love so it the five steps
0: okay this is so beautiful so let's walk them through let's kind of dig into each of them about let's just give them some examples of like Mm -hmm. what it would look like, like when you're in step one introduction to brand new client, someone you're reaching out to maybe on social media, we have a lot of online business owners. What would that look like? And how do you, how do you do it in a way that feels authentic to building the relationship, but understanding I do want to serve them. So I am stepping in the direction of learning more about them and discovering if I do have something like, so let's really dig into that. Cause I think this is where a lot of people are like, "Oh,
1: this is scary. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. So the way that you have conversation is by asking questions, Yeah. like this is something people often forget. So somebody starts to follow you on social media instead of sending them a, thank you for following. Here's all the information about me. You just skip steps because they didn't ask for information about you. Yeah. So instead, say, thank you so much for following me. It'd be really interesting to learn more about you. Would you be willing to share a little bit about you and what you do? Ask them a question, start a conversation. That's how you start to make a powerful first impression. Cause now, you know, we're all weary because we all get sold to all day long through DMs. Yes. And so when somebody, or, you know, I, I accept somebody's request on LinkedIn. And the first thing they do is say, you should join my group or you should sign up for my blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, you just skip steps. You don't know me. (laughs) Exactly. It's kind of like when you're going into the grocery store to just pick up some milk and somebody jumps out in front of you and they're like, do you want to buy my, and you're like, Like, what's going on? I just was going in to get milk. Um, so don't sell the people until you have permission. Yeah. Ask questions, start conversation. Then you're making a powerful first impression. Now they're like, Oh, here's Micah. She seems interested in me. So I'm gonna be willing to share. I ask people this question all the time that connect with me. Would you be willing to share a little bit about you and your business or you and your background? And I'm gonna say nine out of 10 people will respond. That's awesome. Now we're in conversation because they're like, Oh, here's somebody who actually asked me a question. And the brilliant thing about our minds is when we get asked a question, we want to answer it. doesn't mean we all Google search engine. Yeah, we are. Our brains are like (laughs) Google. Yes. You ask our brain a question. It wants to give you an answer. Yeah. Okay.
0: Before we move on, I love this so much. And that's such a, that's such a nugget that I think lots of people will be like, oh shoot. I'm totally talking at people like, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's a simple shift. It's a simple little tweak. Um, one of the things too, that, came to mind when you said that is like, you ask, would you be willing to tell me a little bit about yourself and your business? When they're coming to your page, you are very forthright and upfront about how you serve people. Mm -hmm. So they're not coming to your page and then going to like throw their hands up being like, why is she reaching out and asking about my business? They know you're a sales coach. They know you serve in this industry. They know what they're getting from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of the times what catches people off guard too, is if you're trying to like hide what you do and you're trying to hide that you work with clients or you coach people or you're building a team. And then all of a sudden you're talking to them about it and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. I thought this is what I was getting into. And now you're telling me I'm getting into this. So it's like, just be true to who you are. Like just show up and authentically serve. However you do that. And you're going to avoid a lot of those awkward conversations because they know what they're going to get when they're following you, they should know what they're getting from you.
2: That's right. Any of this like bait and switch kind of thing. It's like, I I don't know if you've ever had this happen where somebody, I, I remember this so clearly that I was at this networking meeting and this woman reached out to me after she like got my card and she reached out to me after and she's like, I'm really interested in learning about your services. Can we set up a call? So I'm thinking prospective client, right? Because this is the way she framed it. But we get on a call and she goes into this very hard sales pitch about why I need to buy her stuff. Oh So now now I'm like, well, I kind of feel annoyed because one- this was a bait and switch. Like you, yeah. you actually had no interest in my services or my product or what I do. You just wanted to talk at me yeah. for however long I'm going to let you. So, yeah. So be really transparent. There's, if you feel the need to hide what you do, there's, there's something wrong Red with flag. What you're doing. that's yes. like, you shouldn't ever, you should stand in your place of authority and credibility and be proud. And it doesn't matter if you're selling you know, shoelaces on the side of the street, or if you're selling whatever it is, if you cannot stand in a place of authenticity and be really proud of the product or the service that you offer, something else is going on. And we need to, we need to talk about that, but it's not a sales thing. I love that
0: so much. And and it's such a positive reminder too. a lot of the time introduction that happens A lot of the time before you're ever actually in a conversation, they're introduced to who you are, what you're about, what you're representing, how you can serve them in your posts, in your content, in your stories, and how you're showing up They're introduced. So lots of times that's already done. It's not like this cold conversation where you're saying, hi, I'm Micah and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So that's like, just remember that too. It's when you get into a conversation, you don't have to go, okay, now this is step one. And now how do I like introduce myself and what I do? Like, don't remember, take this and implement, like, don't box yourself into, I have to do things black and white. She said, introduce. So now I have to do that. So just remember that too, because we Mm -hmm. are talking to a lot of on online business owners. And I think I just don't want them to feel like,
2: Yeah. The, the, if you're feeling like, then we've, I've missed a step with you in some way. Like I have made a misstep in some way with you because it really should feel natural, authentic. simple. So natural. Yeah. Like the idea of just asking somebody a question versus, you know, making statements at people. It's like, here's the most simplified version of this in your emails, instead of writing to somebody, I hope you're having a nice day. That's a statement that's talking at instead say, how's your day going? If you can learn how to just start to ask questions where most of us make statements, you will already set yourself apart and start making a positive first impression.
0: That's so powerful. And I feel like that's so unnatural for me <laughs> like as I'm thinking <laughs> when I'm like, when I'm, I have to be so intentional and it's, especially since learning this from you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to be so intentional when I'm doing my posts. I'll like write things up. that I'm like, oh no, oh no, this is not right. <laughs> and then I have to like go back and tweak. And it really is just learning this, understanding it, implementing it. It's a process. So give yourself some grace and you'll yes. figure this out.
2: Yeah. Definitely give yourself grace because it's not natural. Like we we have thoughts, we think them, and then we type them out. Yes. So we're thinking it from our perspective. And what I always teach, and this is really what my clients come to me for is I look at everything from a reader's perspective. So this is, so I, it's like, I'm constantly coaching on how to, how to reframe, how to restructure your sentence or the phrasing that you're using so that when the reader gets it, they're like, Micah is talking to me. Yeah. She's talking with me. She's not talking to everybody. And so it feels really personalized because that's the other thing is we want to do business with people who treat us like we're people, like we count, exactly. right? Yeah. I never want to be a number or a dollar sign to somebody who I pay money to. So totally, yeah, let's treat people like they're people and they will respond in kind. I love it so much. Okay. Let's move on to
0: create curiosity.
2: Yep. Okay. So creating curiosity, I always have to describe it as I, I teach it as it's the difference between how you call a dog versus how you call a cat, which I know sounds a little cuckoo. So stick with (laughs) me here for just a minute. Um, but a lot of times in a sales conversation, people show up with what I call dog calling energy. So dog calling energy is, if you think about you want to get your dog's attention a lot of times you'll do this thing like oh, come here boy come here like it's like this high pitch like want a treat you know it's like this really like yeah. thing. but people don't respond even like that so if you show up in a conversation you're like oh my gosh i'm so exp- i'm so excited to talk to you i'm so excited to tell you about this new company that i'm working with and people are like oh dog calling energy it's too much it's just too much." So we got to let go. And by the way, if your nature is, because I, people say this to me all the time, I'll meet people and they're like, Nikki, I have dog calling energy. (laughs) Like, okay, (laughs) if that's your norm, okay, you're perfect. Now let's add some flexibility to your behavior so that you make other people feel comfortable in conversation. So instead the flip side is this, this, what I call the, the cat calling energy, which is the here kitty, kitty, we got to draw people in. So we need to create some curiosity. And the way you do that is usually in the way that you answer questions or the way that you converse with somebody that allows them instead of telling them everything about your product, everything about the company, everything about the new, you know, promotion going on, you give them a little bit and you let them ask a follow-up question. So a yeah. really simplified version of this is like, if somebody says to you right now, like, Hey, what's new in your business? You know, I could talk about like oh, everything, like, Oh, all these classes. I'm like, you know, it's like, no, instead I want to talk about, I'm going to give an answer about something, frankly, that I think might be interesting to them might create some curiosity. So I might say, Oh, I'm getting ready to launch my next master class. I'm super excited about it that allows the other person to go what's your, master what's your class masterclass about class. right yes, or, so natural it? yeah and then yeah. now we're in conversation and we're talking about my business which is what I want to do in conversations with prospective clients so got to learn how to create curiosity
0: i love that so much i think lots of times it's that step one two what bam like here's what i got and like yeah. let's get to it And you're exactly right. That's when people are like, hold up, put the brakes on. I didn't ask for all that. Like, like what? So I love how you, how you talked about that, how your masterclass that was like in my brain. I'm like, what, what's your masterclass? Like, that's just, (laughs) that's so natural. Like that's such an easy way to approach it. Like, of course we have, we get to kind of take them on this journey Mm -hmm. and we know the destination. We know that if it's right, how we can serve them and where we're going but there's also these little baby steps Mm -hmm. along the way that take you there so organically and so naturally that it just flows. So this is essentially like that staircase is just taking you, taking you on that path. I love it.
2: Yeah. And you know, if you're in this place of like, I feel nervous because I'm going to have to sell, I'm going to have to give a sales pitch. And like, that means usually that you're skipping steps Yeah, because if you follow this process it's, it is organic. It is natural. Yes. You're being strategic, but the conversation unfolds naturally.
0: Yeah. Love it so much. Okay. Step three discovery. Let's dig into that one. This is huge.
2: So step three is there, it's all about asking the right questions that lead people to hiring you. And the idea here is that you, in a way, what you're trying to do is help them self-identify of like, oh yeah, this is something I'm interested in, or this is not for me. Either way is okay. We're just trying to get there. So the idea behind the discovery questions is to really uncover what would I need to know? In order to make a recommendation about something I offer to this person. So one of the big mistakes that people make is they try to give, they try to ask like all the questions that they would need the answers to once that person signs up to be a part of their team. Like, no, we got to ask just enough questions to see if they're a good fit for the team. And then when they yeah. sign up for the team, then we're going to ask some of these more deeper dive questions to see where they fit and what their, you know, their goals are and all of that kind of stuff. So make sure that the questions that you're asking are strategic that lead the people down the path. Um, an example of this is, you know, here's a question that I ask in a discovery is do you know how to create curiosity when you're talking about your business? guess why? Because most people don't. And they're like, oh, now Nikki has something that maybe I need to learn. Yeah. I don't ever ask somebody, do you have an email list and what's the size of it? I will get into that when somebody becomes a client and how to utilize it, but I don't need to know the question. I don't need to know that in order for them to, for me to identify whether or not they're an ideal client. So I love that. So how much. do you identify, what are those absolute questions that you ask in that discovery that leads people to go, Micah I something for me, or I'm interested to know more about this.
0: I love that so much. And so depending on the industry that people are in, just really identifying, there really should only be like a few core, core mm-hmm. questions that help, you know, this is going to be an amazing fit. I can serve this person or we're not right for each other. And I love that it's neutral. This, this part is neutral. It it's is neutral. not I have to serve. I have to work with them. I have to be able to sell them. Let me find out how it's like neutral. Are we a good fit? Are we not? Can I serve you? Can I not let's figure this out? That feels a lot easier in conversation than like, oh, I got to do this. And now I got to uncover how.
2: Well, and it feels really hard because it, because when you're in that mode, you're trying to tell yourself that your job is to convince somebody of something. Uh. Yes. And I mean, you know, this with your kids, how hard is it to convince one of your children <laughs> that have already made up their mind about something to change Impossible. their <laughs> mind? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with adults, right? It's like, so true. They've already made up their mind. Your job is to not change their mind. Your, your job is to find out if they're open to whatever it is that you offer. And then with their permission, you're going to offer it to them. But Your job, you know, if if you show up and somebody's like, Hey, I'm totally anti um, whatever it is that you're doing, doesn't matter. Uh, You know, I, Nikki, I would never hire a sales coach. My response is going to be, Well, I'm just so happy to know you. Thank you. And I wish you well. Good luck. (laughs) Like, I'm not offended yeah. that they never hire a sales coach. And my job is not to sit here and go, well, you need a sales coach because I heard you pitch that person <laughs> over there and you did a terrible job. Like exactly. I'm never, ever going to be that person. I love this so much. I get asked
0: so frequently, but how do you convince them to do this with you or to, to, and I'm like, oh, I don't <laughs> yes. like never, ever, ever. I'm not going to convince anyone. I will be here to serve you and to open the door and to let you know it's possible. But if it is not for you, or if you're not all about it, that's totally fine. I am not in the game of convincing like ever. So I love that you talked about that. That's perfect. Cause that creates a lot of unnecessary stress and pressure. When you do feel like every objection they give, I have to offset it. And every excuse I have to, I have to show them that they can do it. And it's like, no they just might
2: not want to right now. And that's fine. And that's okay. Now I will say people do have what's called a convincer strategy. We all have one. It's context specific on how many times we need to hear about something before we'll say yes to it. So a convincer strategy is a certain number of times you'll say no to something before you'll say yes, but you as the seller, you'll never know what somebody's convincer strategy is. And your job is to not, is to not convince them. Their convincer strategy is what will convince them.
0: Taking a quick time out to fill you in on my first free masterclass for entrepreneurs. What if you really believed that everything that you wanted to build with your business was possible for you? What if it could be easier? What if it could be more joyful? What if you actually enjoyed the process every single day as you showed up to do the work? Do you think you could be consistent? I think you could. So many entrepreneurs are relying on motivation. They're relying on getting through it. They're relying on the grind. They're relying on the hustle. And then they get burnt out. They get overwhelmed. They get stuck. They lose the joy and they wonder why they can't keep showing up to build their dreams, to hit their goals. And as I look back over the years on how I've built my business and how we've reached over seven figures annually, there's some things that I've just done differently. And I want to teach you that. So, in this masterclass, we're going to uncover some core beliefs that we can help you rewrite in order to move you through those things to a more empowered state. And I'm going to reveal to you my seven essentials that I believe every successful entrepreneur is building their business around in some capacity. So, This is going to help you really, really, really identify any gaps that you have, learn how to course correct and help you move through this state of overwhelm, frustration, lack of movement, lack of joy, wherever you are, we're going to move through that and into alignment, into flow, into excitement, into fulfillment, into joy, because I can promise you that is easy to show up for. So get access here at micafolsomfit.com slash seven essentials, number seven essentials, and that'll take you to get registered for the masterclass. And I can't wait for you to dig into this. Okay. Back to the show.
2: They will convince themselves when they're ready. So I always say, you gotta be on the lookout for buying signals. You make yourself available when somebody is interested or shown some interest. You you invite them to next steps with you, whatever that is. Like I, one time, I'm not even like exaggerating. I one time sat down to like met a woman for coffee. And during the course of our conversation, she gave me seven buying signals. People often (laughs) don't believe me this. I invited her to do business with me seven times in an hour. Now, there was never a time where she was like, look, lady, you already asked me, but she never gave me a hard no, but she never gave me a yes either. And she just kept giving me buying signals, but she wouldn't like, she wouldn't take any forward action on the invitation. So at the very end of the meeting, I just said to her, hey, I would love to earn your business. And if you're interested in working with me, I'm going to make it easy. I'm just going to send you an invoice for my VIP program. And if you pay it, I'll know you're in. And if not, I'm so happy that I got to have this hour with you. Thank you so much. I went back to my office. I sent her an invoice. Two days later, she paid it. Like I her convincer it. strategy obviously was eight times. I right. didn't know that going in. It's not my job to change her mind. It's just my job to make it easy for her to work with me when she's make ready. it
0: easy for them to work with you. That's such a beautiful thing. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling my next month spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living, this is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have um, your favorite treats and your favorite things. And we'll teach you how to incorporate those. And it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity, when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So Go to mykafulsomefit.com slash get fit to learn all about it. Fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you and we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. Before we move on, buying signals. What did you say? Buying signals.
2: Let's, yeah. let's identify a few of those. Cause okay. I feel like this might be like, what the, what, what did she just say? And what is that? Okay. <laughs> so a buying signal is a verbal or a nonverbal cue that somebody gives to indicate interest. So I'm just going to, I'll rattle off a couple. I actually wrote a book about this. I talk about them all the time on my podcast. There are 17 kind of main buying signals, but here are the three, like some are going to be super obvious and some are not. Okay. So The most obvious one is when somebody asks about pricing, huge buying signal, although most people miss it because they either say, well, it depends. We should talk about it or, oh, you should watch this video or, oh, you should go to my website. You just miss the buying signal. So when somebody asks you about price, you're going to give an answer and then you're going to issue an invitation. So if somebody says, hey, Nikki, what's it cost to, you know, be in your masterclass? I'm going to say the price is $795. Is that something you'd like to take part in?
0: Let me interject really quick. Yeah. Cause I have a question about this. Yeah. What if they ask that before you've done the discovery before you've learned about what they need? How does that work? Cause, cause especially if you offer services that are variable, like Mm -hmm. that totally depends. Yeah. Do you, do you give them a range Yeah. or do you give them like, how do you go about that?
2: Yeah. So if somebody said, Hey Nikki, what's it like to work with sales coach? How much does it cost? I would say, well, I have a few different ways that we could work together. I have a membership program. It's $147 a month. And then I have my high-end VIP programs that, you know, can go all the way up to 9,000. Would you be interested in talking a little bit more about what you're looking for and see if I'm a good fit for you? So I'm going to issue it. that invitation right behind it. I love and if somebody says like, you know, tell me all your pricing, I'm probably going to, Say, I'd be happy to give you a range. It goes from this to this. Is there something in particular you're interested to know more about? I'm going to follow up with another question because I don't want to talk about something that somebody's not interested in hearing about.
0: I love that so much because lots of times, one, it freaks people out when someone comes right in hard with, well, what's the price? Mm -hmm. They like go doors up. Oh no, they're already having objections. They already think it's going to be too much. They already And you like create all of these crap stories in your head when they ask for the price and two, they don't follow up. They give them a price and then you don't follow up with, is this something you want to talk more about? Is this something that, and that's such a natural, like, is this a good fit or not? You know what I mean? Like, I love that. So good.
2: Sometimes people are asking you for your price because they're ready to buy. So if somebody says to me, Nikki, how much is your you know, masterclass or whatever, I'm going to give that price and then I'm going to issue the invitation. I remember one time asking somebody for her price and she said, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I was like, uh, you just confirmed there will never be a later because I'm not going to play that game with you. Right. Oh, or sometimes I do just want to, and, and actually when I asked her, it was because I was ready to buy. I wanted to go like, okay, am I going to put this in my credit card or what am I going to do? But she just ignored it. Cause I'm sure she was uncomfortable. Nobody yeah. taught her how to do this. And yeah, it was like, no, you missed it. You missed that buying signal. It's probably not going to come back around in this particular case.
0: I love that so much. And, and such as a perfect reminder of assuming the best, like if someone asks you the price, assume they're ready to go. They're like yes. all in let's freaking go instead of the opposite, which is probably the norm oh my gosh, they're going to think this is too much. They're going to think this, they're going to get into it. No, you're already talking yourself out of it. Like when you're confident in what you have, when they ask you the price, you're going to be like, it is this and you get this. And I'm so freaking pumped to serve you. Is this a good fit? Let's go like w- complete opposite energy. So yes. it also selling is, I always say selling and recruiting and all of those things is a transfer of energy and confidence. So like, Just remember you're going to project so much onto your people. If you have fears and limiting beliefs and all of these scary emotions, they're going to feel that when they're talking to you. And that's the last thing. Yeah, not only
2: are they gonna feel it, but they're probably gonna make up a false story as to what it what it is. Because you know, it's like, oh, I feel unsure. I feel like, oh, I don't want to be salesy. They walk away going like, oh my gosh, she doesn't think I could ever do this or she doesn't want me on her team, or she doesn't think that I can afford this, or they make up crazy stories. And I know this because people report back to me. They're like, Nikki, I just gave so-and-so a buying signal. She didn't invite me for my, for my business. She hates me. And I was like, (laughs) I doesn't hate you. She probably missed it. You know, but they like people make up crazy stories. You don't want to let them walk away having made up some crazy story because you were in your head about what they're thinking about, whatever it was that you said.
0: That's so powerful. Oh, jeez, The last thing you want to do is have someone walk away from the conversation feeling crappier than when they started. <laughs> like you want them to walk away feeling excited and confident and hopeful, not like, oh my gosh, she just totally talked me down. and doesn't think I can do this and doesn't think I'm going to be a good fit and blah, blah, blah. I've never even thought about it that way. That's huge. Well, good.
2: I'm glad that was a helpful one.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Next buying signal. Sorry. I'm going to stop interjecting.
2: (laughs) No, I love this. This is fun for me for back and Ah. forth. Okay. So um, here's one that will kind of go back to what you were saying is they'll bring up a negative experience of like, maybe they have an idea about social selling or direct marketing, and they'll bring up some negative experience. Now, A lot of times people really shy away from this because they're like, oh, my gosh, they'll never want to be a part of my team because, you know, their friend said this about it or they heard this blah, 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 whatever it is. So when somebody brings up a negative experience, I actually want you to treat it as if it's a buying signal because you don't know. You actually cannot read somebody's mind as much as we think that we're like mind readers, we aren't. So I'm going to just assume it's a buying signal. So when somebody says to me like, oh my gosh, you know, I worked with a sales coach. It was a horrible experience. I hated everything about it, blah, blah, blah. I would say, I'm so sorry that was your experience. You know, when my clients work with me, here's the things that we focus on. I might share a little bit. And I would say now, if I could ever be a resource to you, please let me know. I cannot tell you how That's many times huge. I've actually earned people's business with that. Cause I just like lay it out there. I'm not afraid of it. You can tell me, oh, I hired so-and-so or, oh, I read this book and it, you know, told me to do this thing. And this person had this response blah. blah. I have a million of those stories too. I'm just going to say, I'm so sorry. That was your experience. Here's what my clients experience when they work with me, or here's what people say that they get out of my podcast. If that's something you're open to listening to, I'd love to share an episode with you, right? Like, I'm just going to issue an invitation and just see what happens. The worst thing that that can happen is they'll go, no, thanks. The best thing that can happen was they'll be like, you know what? And I actually have had this happen before where somebody's is like, you know what? I totally understand why somebody would work with you, Nikki. I, I'd like to talk about working with you.
0: I love it. Great. I love it. And it's so true. It's like, and I think it does. You have so much belief in what you have to give someone, you know, you can help them, you know, you can help shift their sales tactics and their, and their strategy and their struggles, and you can help them through this. You know, that you're Mm -hmm. not there to convince them that you can, that whatever you just, you have that, like, I know I can, whether or not they're ready for it is not my job, but I'm going to open that door. I'm going to leave it on the table and I'm going to wish them well, even if they don't like, it's just such a, uh, just a clear reminder, like how crucial that part of the equation is.
2: I think about sales, and this is why I teach that it's about invitations, because I think about this the same way. Like, let's say that your neighbor is throwing a block party. Okay. And maybe your neighbor isn't necessarily your favorite person, but if you found out that everybody on the block got invited except for you, now you feel excluded. But if you find out that everybody got an invitation, including you, now you feel empowered because you get to decide whether or not you want to go or not to the block party, My job is to always make sure people feel empowered, that they get to decide to work with me or not. And whether they come to my block party or they say, I'm not interested in hanging out with Nikki, I'm okay either way, because I never want somebody to feel excluded or left out. And so I really do think about it as when I'm inviting you to work with me, it's a true invitation and you can decline. You are in charge of making that decision, not me.
0: I love that. You're just, you're putting the ball in their cart and yeah. you're saying, make the choice. Yeah, Either way like, hey, is fine with me.
2: Yeah. I'm not attached. I'm not yeah, attached to I anybody saying yes. I'm not attached to anybody, you know, buying into, you know, Oh, Nikki's really good at what she does or whatever. Cause I do really stand in this place of, I am credible. I only talk about things. I know I show up I want to make the world a better place. I want to help women make more money so they can make a bigger impact in their community. Like that's what I'm about. Yeah. And if you're about that, I might be the person for you. And if you're not about that, I am going to just cheer you on from the sidelines of whatever it is you are about.
0: I love it so much. I love it so much. Okay. I want to make sure we get through the rest of them before we have to wrap it up. I could talk to you for
2: hours and hours. (laughs) Let's go into the proposal. So proposal, the idea here is to lay out a really clear next step for somebody. So you can't say, well, there are 15 programs that you could sign up for (laughs) because that's overwhelming, right? You have to stand in the place of being the resource you're, you need to be the authority. Your job is to recommend what you know, they need not what you think they can afford because no more of this like assumptive mind reading stuff. Yes. So if I'm talking to a client and I get a sense that they're a great fit for, let's say a private coaching strategy session with me. And, you know, and they're like, I, I, if I'm making some assumption, like, I don't know if they want to pay that much or what, Nope, that's what they need. So that's what I'm going to recommend. And I'll say, you know, my recommendation based on what you shared. Is that we would do a, a strategy session this is what it's you know this is what it entails is that something you'd be interested in scheduling and now i get them to decide yes or no um that was the close by the way that i issued at the end there so the idea is to just really lay out a clear offer and even if there are 15 ways that somebody could work with you or follow you on social media or whatever. If you give people more than three options, you're probably overwhelming them. So even if there are 10, 15, 20 ways to work with you, if you want to narrow it down, then narrow it down to three. So you'd say there are three ways that we could work together. We could do this, this, or this of those three, which feels like the best fit for you right now. That's a closed statement.
0: You see, it's just, it just naturally flows. Like you're just that good. Um, I love that so much. I love that. You're like, be the authority. Mm -hmm. I think this is super important in the proposal part, being the authority, understanding they came to you, they trust you, they are, they, they need the recommendation. They don't need to make the choice. They don't need to go, go, go to the site and pick what you want. Like, no, 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 no. Give them exactly what they need. Yes. I love that because that simplifies all the things. And you are the one who knows what's best for them based off the discovery, based off yes. what you learned. So it's just like this process just flows so naturally when you're doing one step to the next. I love yeah. this so much. Yeah. Okay. And then the close, obviously, not being afraid to just yes or no. Like, is this yeah. or is it not?
2: Yeah. We're just getting a yes or no here. And then here's one little tidbit I'll give for, for listeners. Cause I get this all the time. People go, well, what if they say I need to think about it? Cause that's like the most common response when you yeah. lay out a new offer for somebody is they'll go like, I need to think about it. Your job is to make it super easy for them to think about it. And the way that you do that is you schedule or you offer to schedule what I call a circle back call. So if somebody says to me, I need to think about working with you, or I want to review this information or whatever, I'll say great about how much time do you think you'll need? Let's schedule a circle back call. So I can answer any questions that come to mind. And then we can talk about next steps for working together. Can we get that on our calendars now? And then I'm going to like suggest a time and a date, and then we're going to get it on our calendar because by getting it on their calendar, you've increased your chances significantly that they actually will think about it and yeah. make a decision. Cause my job is to just make it super easy for them to decide. I love that. Your whole process is about making
0: it easy for them. Like yes. Just make it easy for them. Don't overload them with information. Don't stress them out about all of the things that they need to know and they need to do, and they need to whatever, find out the essential things. How can you serve them? Give them the best proposal. Ask them if they're ready to get started. Like, bam, 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 bam. You just nailed it. That's exactly it. It does not need to be hard. I I've actually been so surprised. I was afraid of rejection when I first mm-hmm. started, and I did have like a weird. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to mm-hmm. be annoying. Based off of how I had been approached, how I had been sold to. Yes. And it's just so interesting how over the years I have learned. Well this is how I would want to receive it. So how can I go about doing it in this way? And it's like, that just makes it so easy. So really being in tune too to how do you respond to other people? How do you like receiving it? And then making sure that your flow and your process is a mirror of that because that's going to be true to who you are.
2: Yes. I can't tell you how many times I'll start working with a client that will be doing something that will be so out of alignment with them. And then I'll ask like, so, do you like to be salty this way? And they're like, Absolutely not. I hate when people do this. And I'm like, then why are you what doing are you this doing? to somebody else? And they're like, Well, somebody somewhere told me this was how you yes. do it. I'm like, let's find a way that feels authentic to you that you would appreciate. Because if you don't appreciate it, just like you said, like, of course it's gonna feel awkward or weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally. I love it. Your magic. Say goodbye.
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: (laughs) This is so good. Oh, this is so good. Where can, I know people listening are probably like, holy crap. I need to dig into more of this stuff. Where can I find more of this information? Where can I learn more from Nikki? Where can they find your books? You said you have multiple books, right? And they're all on Amazon.
2: I have three okay. books on Amazon, but what I'd like to do is wrap my way for us to connect around a gift for your audience, which <gasps> is an ebook. Perfect. If that's okay, of it's course. Called, it's called Closing the Sale, and it really kind of talks through those last three steps and gives some language suggestions and just gives you some of the stuff that we talked about today. Awesome. So you can get that by going to my website. I'm going to give you a specific link though, which is yoursalesmaven.com forward slash. D Y C do your crap. Okay. <laughs> so your sales Maven, Maven is dot com forward slash D Y C. And then we'll be connected. And because we're on a podcast, a lot of times people are podcast listeners. Obviously they listen to your podcast. If you'd like to come check out my podcast, you can find it on any platform and it's called sales Maven. Perfect. I am so
0: excited for them to get their hands on more of you, more of your knowledge, more of your confidence, more of your just strategy behind all this. If I love that you're like, I just want more women to make more money, to do more good in the world. Yes. Like, hallelujah. Like, let's just, that just, if, if more good people made more money to do more good, what a different world we would live in. So I love that you're all about that. Thanks for having me. Nikki, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You guys, if this was valuable to you, make sure you tag us on Insta, share your favorite nuggets, tag me at Micah Folsom fit tag Nikki. Is it at, is it Uh,
2: your sales maven?
0: Your sales maven at your sales maven tag her. So she knows what stuck out to you and you guys, all of your team they need to know these things. As soon as I heard it from her at the retreat, I'm like, my whole team needs to know this stuff. I need to do a better job about teaching these things. Oh my gosh. And so I'm so glad you were able to do it because you did it a million times better than Mm -hmm. I could ever do. So thank you so much, Nikki. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys back here next week. Have a good week.